This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you excited about today? Oh, yeah. Of course. What's today? Today is National Taco Day. Monday? Monday. I know, right? Not like we need any excuse to eat tacos. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. You know, I never in a million years thought I'd sit and watch a Washington Nationals Boston <laughs> Red Sox baseball game, but here we were yesterday. So many sports. I watched so much sports yesterday. It was just like one thing after the other. I had to put aside a sports special, that'd be the Leafs one on Amazon Prime, to watch sports. And it doesn't usually happen that way because when it comes to baseball games, unless it is a playoff game, it's not a must-watch on TV for me. But I think anyone who knows uh, about baseball knows that it was a big day for the Jays to potentially make it to the playoffs. And that and that's that sucked, though. That outcome wasn't good. There's a shot. That one driven to center field. Backing up, backing up. It's gone! Home run! There's Finnegan's rainbow right there! I told you, he's the man! Is he the man or what? Raphael Devers destroys one to center field, and the Red Sox are in front! And the celebration begins here in D.C. Nothing but drama forever. This this weekend series against Washington was everything you could ask for. And the, and the Red Sox did what they had to do. They never gave up today. Down five to run. They, they come all the way back. And the start of the game has got to be Devers with a two-run shot. The second home run of the day. And the Red Sox are right where they want to be hosting the wild card against the Yankees Tuesday night. I mean, it sucks to win and still lose at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you beat Boston, or sorry, you beat Baltimore. You did what you had to do. That's good. But Boston and New York both won. We needed one of them to lose, and Toronto would have had a shot at that tiebreaker, which would have happened today. It's amazing how different things would have been today, Kat. Right now, it's just a regular run-of-the-mill, dreary, shitty Monday in October. Had the Jays been in a do-or-die elimination game tonight against Boston or New York? Actually, I think it would have been Boston. It would have been mayhem. Like, tonight would have been a hugely rated baseball game. And instead, it's over, and I kind of feel like it got ripped off. Uh, It's also fair to point out, though, that it didn't necessarily have to come down to yesterday. The Jays needed another win. Think back to the games that they lost, that they should have won. Mm -hmm. Any one of those would have done the trick, and yesterday wouldn't have been nearly as dramatic. So, they're out of the playoffs, but just in time for hockey season. Hey, you mentioned the the Leaf series on Amazon. I started watching it, and it's actually really, really good. I like the behind the scenes. Yeah, me too. So, I don't know if you remember when it it was 24-7. When it was was HBO, right? HBO is 24-7. Yeah. I loved it. And they always did that leading up to the specials, the winter classics, things like that. And I was always obsessed with watching them then. And so I'm really looking forward to And I would watch it even if it wasn't the Leafs, by the way. I remember watching the behind the scenes. It was like the Capitals and something else. Great. Loved it. 
So I'm really looking forward to this. I like that behind the scenes because I feel like it makes you appreciate them when they play the sport even more so because you see them on the ice and you think of them as hockey players and that's that, but they're humans with like they're, they have inside jokes together and they have certain routines. It makes you respect them a little bit more, I think for the most part, or maybe it does the opposite depending on the, the player. But I like watching that behind the scenes stuff. It makes me feel like I know a lot more about them when I watch them on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I think when you watch a baseball game, it's pretty obvious that the Blue Jays are a really tight-knit family. They are each other's biggest fans, and you can see it. The way they cheer each other on, the little handshakes and dances that they've got. Like, they look like they're going out there as a bunch of buddies playing beer league, but they're playing at the pro level, and they're good. The Leafs, they're still in that very, very much in that business mindset. Suits to the rink. You go in, you get your job done, you don't show a lot of emotion. They don't really talk about the other guys very much unless it comes up specifically from a reporter. It's nice to get the behind the scenes and see, oh, yeah, look at that. Hey, uh, uh, Matthews actually does like Marner. That sort of shit. It's good. If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend it. It's uh, It's got some slow parts, I'll be honest with you. But for the mm-hmm. most part, it's a good series. Yeah. How was your weekend, Kat? Weekend was really good. It was uh, busy and never, you know, it went by really fast, but uh, it it was really great. Thank you. The weather on Saturday was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was sweating outside, sweating. I went to a beer picking, a beer picking event. Beer picking? I know. Well, you know, you go apple picking and, and you go to the pumpkin patch and shit like that. Well, this was an event by Coors Light to promote Coors Organic. And nothing's more organic than going to a farm to pick beer. So that's what I did. Did it grow there or did they import it? <laughs> I know. And literally for those wondering, I actually, you pick the beer from the trees. So you get a basket or a case, like a small case, and you pick pick beers from a tree. I wouldn't have left. Holy shit. It was the farm of dreams. And then after you pick, they had a nice little setup with a food truck. And then you can go have a nice cold because that's the, the beer was not cold from the trees because it was such a hot day. So you could get an ice cold, trade those in for ice cold beers, sitting down, enjoying that. Oh, it was great. How many beers did you pick? Did you get yourself a two for at least or did you no, stop at a six? Or? No, it was a six. It was just a six. Yes, yes. Uh, that was kind of part of the deal was a, a six uh, six or a that. But then I got, well, it's technically seven because I got a bonus uh, cold one when I when I sat down. After afterwards. all that beer picking. After all that beer picking. Oh, and, and sure. our buddy there, our mutual friend Malin says hello, by the way, before oh, I nice. forget. He was there too. Anyway, yeah. So it was, it was unique. That was different. My sister-in-law stayed over. Um, my brother's away in Germany. So it's like, ah, come over. Let's hang out. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good weekend. What about you? You know what? I had a, every year we have a family golf tournament and I think this was the 14th year that we've done this where everybody in the family who golfs all get together. We play one round and even though it's just a few of us playing in this family tournament, we have a big trophy. There's a big awards banquet afterwards. It's a lot of fun. It's a great friendly rivalry that carries on throughout the year. So that was Saturday, and we couldn't have picked a better day for October golf. Yes, yes. Gorgeous. And then yesterday, I had the Toronto Rock cheerleader auditions. That was a rough one. Yeah, it's good. Every fucking time, it's good. (laughs) Well, it's weird. It's almost ironic that they get me judging professional dancers on who's the best dancer. The fuck do I know about that? I'm terrible (laughs) at that. I I can't dance myself. 
You want me to judge other people? Yeah, that's All right, I will if you right. want, but... That, yeah, you're not going to tell them not to have you there, but you're also like, why? <laughs> well, it's funny because you're supposed to make notes on all the dancers, and I realized like halfway through the performance, ah, shit, I haven't written a thing down because I've been watching this whole thing. It was good, though. I can tell you that if you're going to see a Toronto Rock game starting in December at First Ontario Centre, yeah, the dancers are going to be good. They usually come out two, three times during the game and perform, and they are world-class this year. Mm-hmm. I picked a good bunch, Cat. Good. All right, let's get to a few things that are happening. First off, did Justin have to do that? He um. has privately apologized to one of the indigenous chiefs over skipping Canada's first National Truth mm-hmm. and Reconciliation Day to go surfing in Tofino. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, absolutely. I think that there should have been an apology because it, it really... doesn't make sense. Just why would you, as a leader of a country who decided to put this day in place, and and so it should have been that way, spend your day just chilling and surfing and acting like life is all good when you put this day in place for a reason? We were supposed to educate ourselves and do this and that. And I know we mentioned briefly when this came out that he was surfing. Uh, Maybe he was on the phone. Maybe he was speaking with people. But he was also on vacation, and I don't – like, there's not – can't you take another time? Like, is there, was there no other, even the next day, like wait a damn day. That's all it would have taken probably. So yeah, I do think that an apology was needed, even from people who are, uh, you know, hardcore liberal, love me some Trudeau. True The ones who will defend anything. <laughs> right. Realize, dude, not a good look. It wasn't, it was not a good look. I don't care who you are, who you, who you were rooting for in the election. It was not a good look. 100%. I don't know what's going on if something's up, but um, it's kind of funny because I realized from the Toronto Sun when they broke this story that he was out in Tofino surfing uh, that I, too, can track the prime minister's airplane. In fact, most people can. And after they dropped him off in Tofino last Thursday, the plane went to Victoria. It stayed there because Tofino is very, very small and there's not enough places for the crew to stay and And it's a military aircraft, this Challenger jet that the prime minister flies around on. So they went to Victoria. Well, I guess yesterday, Sunday, the prime minister was ready to leave. So he called for the plane. So the plane flew from Victoria back to Tofino, and it was supposed to take the prime minister and his family back to Ottawa. Well, that plane landed in Tofino 16 hours ago and hasn't taken off again yet. Oh, So I don't know what Justin's doing out there or why the plane needed to be there that soon. Or maybe he's just aware of the fact that people are watching his plane now to figure out where the fuck he's going. Mm. Uh, I read another story this morning that back on March the 12th, Trudeau was down in Florida. He flew back to Canada on his government jet to take a meeting and then flew back to Florida in one day. He flew from Florida to Ottawa back to Florida. So that he could fly back to Ottawa again two days later when his vacation was over. Oh. That's a... It must be nice to have a private jet and a military to fly you around. (laughs) That's very convenient. There's a number of times when I thought, I'd love to go on vacation, but I can't miss this. So I stayed home. I didn't know you could just fly back, do the thing, and then fly back again. Way to go, Justin. You've certainly figured it out. Uh, And here in Ontario, today's a big day, Cat. We get a speech from the throne. Doug has prorogued Parliament. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> and today, the lieutenant governor is going to come out and lay out the government's priorities for the final few months of their term. Okay. This 
is the one that's going to lay out what Doug thinks is the roadmap to re-election next June. Okay. So you want, is it going to be extreme one way or the other? Or do you, like, I feel like this just sounds like it's going to be a kind of a safe announcement. I don't think that we're going to get anything big from this. Am I wrong here? I, you know, it's really hard to say. I mean, if he was smart, he would really try and get back in, in favor with the majority because I feel like he's not right now. I really don't think he is. So he's got to make a lot of people change their perception of him. And frankly, I don't know if it can be done. Like, what's this throne speech going to be? Unless he comes out and says, you know what? It's going to be smile cookie day every fucking day of the year and all the money's going to great causes. And yeah, I think generally people can agree the cookies are delicious. Put icing on them, even better. But if he comes out and says anything other than that, I don't know. All indicators are it's going to be mainly about finances and giving the economy a kickstart, a reboot. Right. Uh, Okay, Doug, but you're certainly not the first premier to say, we're going to reboot the economy. You all say that. Every premier says that. I don't know what his plan is specifically, but we'll wait and see. And just a friendly reminder, fuck you, Doug. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) 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 Always. (laughs) Uh, It's exciting, Kat. The nobody won the 649 draw on Saturday, so the next draw is going to be for $11 million. Okay. We fall into this trap from time to time in Canada, get excited about big jackpots. I mean, the Lotto Max just last week was up to $70 million, and people were like, oh, I'm going to buy 10 tickets. I'm going to buy a ticket here, there, and get another one over there. We're going to do a pool at work, and yeah, let's win the $70 million. And that's fine. $70 million is nothing to laugh at at all. But down in the U.S., just for perspective, they have their Powerball draws. Tonight's Powerball draw in America is for $670 million. Ooh. It's, I, how do you even, I couldn't even comprehend that. Like if someone told me that you won that much money, and I've been there, by the way, I've been in the States before when they had a massive Powerball lottery jackpot, so I got a ticket, nothing happened, obviously, but I got a ticket, and I thought, what if I actually won what, what, that's a lot, that's too much money to even think about, I feel no, like. No, it's not. I, I know. I would love every I one know. of those dollars. Look, I'm not saying I would turn it down, but I mean, think of the possibility, everyone you touch would just get a hundred, like for me, I'd just be like, you know what, anyone who I know automatically is going to get money. Like, I feel yep. like there's too much to not share it, is my point. Like You, you can hand out to- money for Halloween. <laughs> Here's a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. The fuck out of here. Most popular house. In the country, never mind the street, in the country, I would be, I mean, thrilled to get that money because I know I would do good things with it, for sure. I would, but it blow, doesn't it blow you away? Now, the odds of winning that, we know are fucking horrible in the horrible. lottery. Like, everybody's horrible. odds, but even worse there, right? Because it's basically by population. They've got way more people. Like, your fucking odds are terrible. Well, here's how it breaks down for their Powerball. It's a $670 million jackpot. Those who opt to be paid through an annuity are going to be paid that $670 million over 29 years. Huh, a little quick math here. I'm trying to figure out if you could live on that. Let's see here. We've got $670 million divided by 29 years equals, you'd get $23 million a year for the next 29 to 30 Wowzers. years. Wowzers. 
Would you take the money paid out over 30 years then, or would you still go for the lump sum? Because you've said before, you want the lump sum. Oh, I would do the lump sum. I would do the lump sum, especially with that much money. Yeah, I would do the lump sum for sure. I wouldn't even miss the other the, sh- the shit you wouldn't get if you got the lump sum. Yep, every time. If you opt to take the payout the one time you just get a big giant check, instead of 670 you would get $474.8 million. Mm. I feel like that's a safe amount of money. You could probably live on that. I feel like you'd have a comfortable living. Well, I mean, shit, let's, let's talk about the, the, the reality of life in 2021. It used to be a big deal. Like, Oh my God, you could win a million dollars. Okay. Unless you want a semi detached house or a condo, you can't even buy a house for a million dollars anymore. A million dollars doesn't go nearly as far as it used to. It's true. With a million bucks, yeah, you, you'd yeah. still have a mortgage. Yeah. But it's still a million dollars. So that's good. In this case, 474 million. Yeah. Like I'd be handing out $100 bills on Halloween. Right? Here you go, you little fucker. Come here. There. What, what are you, Spider Man? Here. Get a better <laughs> costume. Here's 200 on, bucks. Don't spend it on one place, you little fucker. Here you go. <laughs> uh, it is almost Halloween. Look at that. We're 27 days away. And they have, using Google Trends, come up with the data on how people are decorating their homes these days. The number one decoration that you will see as you walk by people's homes this year is a skeleton. Oh, a skeleton. Wait a minute. Does, is pumpkin in here somewhere? You don't have to tell me where it lies, but is pumpkin included in this? Oh, yeah. You're telling me skeleton over pumpkins? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I am shocked. All right. Okay. Pumpkins are second. Followed by spiders, witches, bats, ghosts, tombstones, animal skeletons, that's creepy, black cats, and corn stalks. Okay, I mean, on average, we spend about $145 decorating for Halloween. $145 seems like a lot of money, but I guess if you go out and get a new inflatable or 12-foot skeleton that they've got there at Home Depot, yeah, I mean, that'll quickly add up. On average, we spend about three and a half hours decorating the outdoors of our home for Halloween. That's just those who do. Because the rest of us will probably just put a pumpkin on the front step and say, Happy Halloween. Yeah. And that's okay, too. That's all right. Are you decorating the outdoors? So, so far, I'm one of those people who has a pumpkin. A pumpkin, just one, because I went to... Already? Yes. Yes. I've got... I'm not the only one. I'm not even the first one. Really? In my neighborhood. Yeah. Street you live on. What's Anna that? Green Gables type neighborhood. <laughs> the Adams Family Boulevard. That's what, <laughs> no, I, I, and I usually don't. To answer your question, I usually don't. And if anything, I'll throw the stuff out there on Halloween. Like, I have a couple of things. I don't go hard. I don't go hard on Halloween. I really don't. Inside my house, though, it's like fall through up in there. It's like pumpkin spiced everything. So I've got the candle, the, uh, the fall candles. I've got my entire shelves are always themed to whatever the occasion is. It's all my fall shits up there. I got my little squirrel with a fucking nut. I've got my pumpkins. I've got gourds, like actual real ones, because I decorate with real stuff too. And uh, yeah, also all that shit's up inside my house. Outside, I threw a few things out, and then we play music usually. That's that's our go-to. But I don't go crazy outside for Halloween. I, I like Christmas more than Halloween, so I usually save myself for that. There's a recall to tell you about here, everybody, oh, yeah. on Advil, cold, and sinus. Um... 
how did this happen? And is it really a big deal? I guess it would be because people are driving, right? If they're unsuspecting and they don't realize they accidentally took a nighttime when they thought they were taking a daytime. Okay, I get it. That's probably the issue here, right? Yeah, bingo. I mean, you nailed it. That is the reason why Health Canada was like, you got to recall these. And I'm pretty sure that, although it doesn't say voluntary uh, recall, I'm pretty sure that they would have had, they would have agreed to do it regardless. But Health Canada said that's way too dangerous. Like, could you imagine you're thinking you're popping in a daytime Advil cold and sinus? And then you operate heavy machine. Well, I don't know if you're supposed to with the daytime, but let's say you're you're driving a bus full of, with children. Like it's not okay. So what happened was the the mix up was on the back. You know where you pop out the pills from the foil packs. Yeah. So on the back with the foil pack, that's where it was screwed up. So they printed some that said nighttime over top of the ones that were actually daytime. So, I mean, by looking at the package and seeing the shape of what the daytime looks like compared to the size and shape of the nighttime, one with common sense would realize, okay, this looks like the nighttime one. This looks like the daytime one. Some people maybe go by the foil. So they'll look at it and go, that's the daytime. They don't even look at the pill. They swallow it and they leave. So who does that? Who just pops a fucking pill and doesn't actually look at it? Yeah, I don't. And on some of the some of the packs similar to this are like red pill, blue pill. They should probably consider Advil. Not that I'm, you know, not that I'm probably one to give you advice. But if you want to take my advice, I would change the colors on these pills because they're both of this like orangey kind of hue. Both of them, the exact same color, different shape. One's very oval, roundish. The other one is a little more squared off. But if you get it like an older person, maybe, or someone who's just straight up doesn't pay attention, they won't know a difference anyway. So I, I don't like that at all. But they, uh, they might change their ways from here forward. We'll see. But they do say if you do have that and you took it and you're afraid for your well-being <laughs> to call your, call your health care provider. Uh, but otherwise, they say just stop. Just stop taking those. I mean, well, what do, are people like phoning their, their family doctor? Like, oh, I took an Advil and I'm all fucked up. Uh, I don't know <laughs> no. what to do. Can I just say, I don't. Everybody is so different. And you know, you can, you can attest to this because as you told everybody before, you have an allergy to, to Advil. Yeah. So you know everybody works differently. For me, I can't take these regardless of it's nighttime or daytime. I, be, I just go into a fog. Like I would rather suffer from all of the side effects of a cold and flu than pop one of these suckers. Because really? my body, oh, the way my body reacts, it's not good. I can't think clearly. I feel drunk. And again, it's a daytime pill. I take a daytime pill. I f- still feel really buzzed, like I'm high. It's really not- from a fucking Advil yeah. cold and sinus? From an Advil cold and sinus or an allergy medication. Either one of those, I've never found one where I feel stable and all of the effects of my cold, flu, allergy, whatever it might be, are also taken care of. Nope. Nope. I have um, cough syrups I can do because I can monitor, like I can just change the amount. I take a very little of it and I feel a little bit better without making myself feel drunk. Pills, no go for me. I don't even have them in my, in my house anymore. Any chance that maybe you're in the process of developing an allergy? Because that seems scarily familiar, Kat. Does it? Did you feel that way before you suddenly found yourself allergic to it? No, it was mostly illicit drugs that made me feel that way, but I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I just assume most people are on something most of the time anyway, and and that's why this wasn't a huge deal. But for me, uh, yeah, I remember that I I didn't know that I was developing an allergy until I went full-blown anaphylactic. But after I realized, oh, okay, I've got an allergy, and oh, this is what it is, 
once I thought about the last few times I'd taken it, each time there was minor steps up towards developing that severe anaphylactic reaction. One time I was just really sleepy, like way more than other times. The next time I took one, I was sleepy and a little itchy, a little anxious. Third time, something else. And then the fourth time, I was in the back of a fucking ambulance. Wow, that's insane. And see, so far with regular Advil, never had an issue. But yes, I'm telling you, anytime it's like a cold and sinus, flu-related, or again, like I said, allergy, because I do suffer from seasonal allergies, it's not that bad. It's not even worth popping it. It's not even worth popping it. I'll take not being able to breathe over the feeling that I get when I take them. Sad news, a major part of most of our childhoods and the reason that Scholastic is still in business, Robert Munch (laughs) has revealed he has been diagnosed with dementia. Yeah, sad. Who hasn't read a Robert Munch book? Mm -hmm. Hasn't everybody read Love You Forever? I feel like when you have a baby, it's like an automatic, you must have that book. Like you need to own it in order to be allowed to have this child. (laughs) In your, pro- in your possession. <laughs> it's like the ultimate baby shower gift. Yeah, he is incredible. My For us in our house, I think uh, Paper Bag Princess is up there with one of the favorites. There's, um, what is it, 50 Below Zero or something like that. That's a really popular one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, d- revealing that he had has dementia. And at this point, he's, he's 76, can't drive. He isn't even able to ride his bicycle right now and can't write. And that's really what he did his whole life. So he called it his last hurrah, the interview that he did, which was published over the weekend by CBC. So he won't be doing any more interviews or he doesn't think he'll be able to. Was that like basically his goodbye to all of us? Yeah, or he's yeah. just going to fade into oblivion? He, he, he called it his last hurrah. Dementia's an asshole. You know, sure I, I have awful. dementia and Alzheimer's in my family. It's, a, it's cruel. You know, it's cruel. It's one of these things if you experience someone that you love having it, you would never wish that uh, uh, upon your worst enemy. You really wouldn't. I mean, it really does just whittle away at who you are. Like, bit by bit, you forget things. You don't know things. Tr- you attempt to relearn them, but it, there's a, a certain point where you, you there's no going back. It's horrible, and there's no cure for it. And he, so he, he decided, okay, I'm at the point where I can at least talk about it still, so I'm going to talk about it and let people know that this is the case. It's pro- probable that... Here forward, he just wants to spend time with his family. I mean, I think that I would do the same thing if I were him. So I don't know if we're going to get any more interviews. But I can guarantee you what Scholastic's feature is going to be in the next time that they issue those to the schools. You know, mm-hmm. you get the, you get those, what, monthly? I think I get the monthly <laughs> from the school. So you better believe it's going to be a whole tribute to Robert Munch. You're not wrong. I, I still remember getting that little flyer where all the ink would run off of it and stick to your fingers every month. Oh, the book fair is coming up at school. Everybody bring your money and march down to the library. And I think that that's where the majority of my connection to Robert Munch came from, was walking down to that book fair every month when I was in school. And I don't even know if they still do those. Do they still do book fairs? So they haven't done a book fair in a while that I know of, but they will still. So what they do is they send home. I just got one this week, actually. They'll send home the Scholastic book, and then you have a a class code that you use um, in order to order them, and then they can get shipped right to your house. Okay. You know, when it comes to dementia and uh, Alzheimer's and all those diseases that are degenerative of the brain, um, so Robert Munch has definitely put it in the spotlight this weekend with that surprise uh, revelation that he is battling dementia. But there's two things that I want to point people towards. Number one, if you're not already, follow Lisa Raitt, former member of parliament. She was the former shadow prime minister or deputy prime minister. 
uh, Lisa is actually a friend of mine as well. She is a real strong advocate for leading research and tolerance and kindness and education when it comes to these things because her husband, whom I've met Bruce so many times, such a great guy, but he was diagnosed recently. And that's part of the reason that Lisa's not in politics anymore is that she has to care for him. And she does a really good job at documenting the day to day from the times when he is flying off the handle. He's got a, a temper issue or he's uh, I can't even describe it. You, you've really got to follow Lisa because she does such a good job at documenting what people who have dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever it is they're battling are going through and its impact on the people around them. So highly recommend following Lisa. The other one is um, last night on 60 Minutes. Really great piece. You can probably find it on YouTube. Anderson Cooper did this segment and it featured Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. And Tony Bennett is dealing with, is it Alzheimer's or dementia? It's Alzheimer's. It's Alzheimer's. And they talked about how to approach someone when they're going through this. And they talked about his good days and his bad days. And one of the things that's remarkable about Tony Bennett is he can't necessarily remember who he was talking to on the phone an hour ago. But if he goes out on stage, he's able to recall all the words to all of his songs. Yep. And, you know, similarly with Robert Munch, he says that that's one thing that's in his brain that he doesn't have trouble with is he's read his stories and obviously he wrote them himself, but he's gone to these events and, and, and read out loud all these stories and never needed to touch a book. He never needed to touch a book to recite. I love you forever. And, Paper Bag Princess and Stephanie's Ponytail and all these things to recite it word for word um, using all the proper punctuation in between. And he says that's probably what he'll carry with him to the end. But that does show you, I mean, there's, there's a certain part of the brain, the artistic part of the brain seems to be there till the end. And I volunteered in, in many uh, long-term care homes at one point and having my grandma been there too. I was there a lot. And it's always, I find the artsy stuff that sticks with you and the passionate stuff, right? The stuff you're passionate about will stick with you until the end. So knowing all the words, that doesn't surprise me, knowing all the words. Uh, and he could, he'll probably do that right up until the end. Music. They always, music is a therapy. It is especially. Mm, well, it, it certainly is sad. And, and here's hoping that they make some like monumental progress in a treatment or knock on wood, a cure would be incredible. Uh, but, I mean, it's so hard, not just on the person, but on the people around them as well. So be kind, be patient, and uh, let's try and work towards a cure. There's a couple other things I want to fit in here before we uh, wrap it up. Number one, the annual list where they do a pretty extensive survey to find out the best and worst of fast food has updated. And for the first time in as long as I can remember, the number one fast food fries is not at McDonald's. Five Guys Burgers and Fries is now the best fries at a fast food place. Five Guys? I don't remember remember if I ever had them. I went to Five Guys and Fries one time, and I was on the road somewhere, and we had to stop somewhere, so that's where we stopped. I remember hearing about it, and I just wasn't, I don't remember being that impressed, Um, but I especially don't remember the fry situation. I just don't. I think when it comes to fries, people are very easily manipulated by salt. More salt? Yeah, it makes you feel pretty good about it. And if you put a lot of salt on, yeah, that's probably what your taste buds are fixated on as opposed to 
the texture and the actual taste of the fries and so on and so forth. Uh, five Guys, the last time I had it, it seemed pretty salty. So they might be onto something. Hmm. Always salty? McDonald's. They came in too. Popeye's Cajun Fries is next on the list. Popeye's? Again, I never thought of Popeye. I like a really? Cajun fry, though. I've, I, I, we used to make a homemade Cajun fry. Oh, so good. Wendy's. Arby's Curly Fries. Mm. Taco Bell Nacho Fries. Mm. Chick-fil-A Waffle Fries. Jack in the Box, Wall Burgers, In and Out Burger, KFC's Secret Recipe Fries. Right. <laughs> okay. Fuck off. Burger King. Uh, Dairy Queen also made the list. It's funny because uh, we have right at the very bottom Arby's Crinkle Cut Fries, but right near the top is Arby's Curly Fries. Who goes into Arby's and orders straight fries? You can't get curly fries in most places. So when you're yeah. at Arby's, you order curly fries. I mean, that's the best part. That's the best thing about Arby's, isn't it? It's got to be the curly fries. Nobody else offers this. It's true. Nobody else offers it. Last night, actually back to 60 Minutes for a second. I watched it. It was great because the Jays were out. So I figured I might as well. Uh, we already talked about the special that they did last night on Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. One of the other things they did was they had a whistleblower from Facebook. Oh, I am am invested in this one, Scott. You got to watch this because this whistleblower made it bad. And basically, in a nutshell, I'll paraphrase here. What she was saying was Facebook doesn't necessarily want to stop the spread of hate. They don't necessarily want to stop the spread of misinformation because all of their internal research at Facebook says It's more engaging. You're much more likely to be engaged and stay on Facebook or come back to Facebook for a few more comments or to read a few more here and there. If you've been pissed off, if you see a headline that basically says uh, billions of dollars stolen, you're going to want to keep clicking on that because that invokes an emotional response in you. The hate, the misinformation it actually creates a cycle where you have to keep coming back for more. One of the other things they said last night was Instagram. That's a property of Facebook's as well. They know they have the actual concrete research to say it is horrible, particularly for young women and their perception of themselves, their self-confidence, their body image, and the list goes on. But as they get more depressed using the app, It actually makes them come back to the app even more to try and find a high. (laughs) It's like a damn drug and they're profiting off of this. They also went on to explain that there is a a times when they've turned on their filters, the one that changes the algorithm. So you don't see as much of that misinformation, as much of the hateful posts. They turned it off right after the U.S. election. And that may have contributed to the Capitol insurrection and a few other things that have happened recently. Maybe some of the vaccine hesitancy. The list goes on. Yeah. Facebook could be in a lot of shit. Yeah. It's it's one of these things that we all know. Like, I feel like we all know this in our minds. We're like, yeah, nobody's shocked by hearing it. But if we can find a way to prove it, that's that's where it's going to get interesting. I don't know if this whistleblower and uh, forgive me if I'm not I'm not paraphrasing, but I believe She said, I can, I can prove, I do have Mm -hmm. evidence. I have enough here to prove it. And if that's the case, Scott, what's going to happen? What is the proper punishment for something like that? I think that if that is proven to be true, 
if they were negligent in failing to protect us, so to speak, quote unquote, if they determined that this is not a freedom of speech issue and this is something that Facebook had an actual responsibility to look after and they didn't adequately look after it or they intentionally allowed misinformation to get out there just because it does help them with their bottom line. The executives at Facebook should probably be on trial, and if they're found guilty, they should probably go to jail. Okay. you know, For a lot of people, that's harsh. A lot of people might hear that and think, Mark Zuckerberg in jail? Come on. Listen, if they have the ability to use that algorithm that they've created Mm -hmm. to filter out misinformation, to stop the spread of hate, and they don't use it, then, yeah, the courts have got a decision to make. Yeah. The The prosecutors have got a decision to make. Is this something where we need to, to look into this criminally? Then, yeah, it's entirely possible some of the executives at Facebook could go to jail over that. Yeah. Or, even better, shut the fucking site down. Oh, my God. Let's get amazing. rid of Facebook. Could you, imaz- could you imagine? I mean, I don't know if we'll see a day that it's completely shut down, but I at least... I agree with you. There needs to be some form of punishment. You can't just do that. And yes, of course, we control what we click on. We as humans need to take it upon ourselves to do our own research, figure out what's right, what's wrong. But there's too many stupid people out there that won't. And then dangerous things can happen. And you're doing these things on purpose to lead to these dangerous activities. I feel like there's got to be something on you as well. There's got to be an onus there. And if Jail time will really, I mean, that'll make everybody take note, right? You're the up-and-coming Facebook. Guess what? You're a lot more careful. Anyone who's already out there, Twitter or your whatever, I don't know, LinkedIn or TikTok, I don't know what could, like, what will impact that choice, but it would be a profound one if that happened. I admit I've evolved on this issue a little bit. Because I am very much in favor of free speech. And and if you have an opinion, yeah, I guess you're just as entitled to your opinion as mine. That's fine. And I, I really started thinking about this when there was accusations that remember the the Russians tried to influence the U.S. presidential election. And I thought, OK, so big deal. They had some burner accounts and they put up some misleading headlines or some unflattering pictures or whatever um, of, of Hillary Clinton or of Donald Trump or of Joe Biden. And I thought, okay, all right. I mean, they didn't force people to, to vote a certain way. They just influenced it a little bit. And at the end of the day, it's up to the person who made the decision to be responsible for the decision they made. But it seems like they're really playing into that algorithm that Facebook has mm-hmm. developed so that when you open Facebook, it's very easy if you are... I'll use COVID as an example. If you're one of those people who believes that vax passports are wrong, that mask mandates are unconstitutional, if you're leaning that way, it's very easy for that algorithm to realize that you're that way and continue to feed you that information. And in a way, in your head, you can almost build it up that everybody agrees with me everywhere I look. Everybody fucking hates Justin Trudeau. How did that asshole get reelected? But that's because you're getting customized stuff that they know you will react to. Mm -hmm. And that gets an emotion out of you. That's when you start hitting the angry button or the, well, we don't have a dislike button, but we should. That's when you start firing off the comments and putting out links and linking to other Facebook posts and looking for more people that agree with your opinion. 
And it's very, very different from watching the evening news or picking up a newspaper, if you can ever find one, where all the news is there and you can pick and choose what you want to read. This, this is all you see. Yeah. Is that, that skewed shit. Yeah, it spreads just as fast as an advertisement. All it takes is for you to, what, talk about something and boom. It's kind of similar to me where it's like it's kind of an invasion, but it's an addictive one. It's, it's scary stuff, Scott. And that's what they're doing. They seem to be playing to the addiction. I really hope this whistleblower gets called right to Congress. Let's get that testimony on TV. Let's see what kind of proof you have. And if there is actual proof, I have to think there's an antitrust case coming. I really do. And I'm sure that the people at Facebook who started off just wanting people to chat and exchange pictures from the family reunion never in a million years thought it would come to this. But if she's telling the truth and if she has proof, it could really come to that. Put that trial on Facebook live, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Another thing I want to mention here, because it's basically a follow up. It's been a few weeks now. Still. Police in London, Ontario have had zero people come forward to say that they were drugged and or sexually assaulted during orientation week at Western University. Police say they, along with school staff, have personally reached out to more than 600 students. They still don't have a single person that has come forward and said, yes, I was drugged and sexually assaulted. Or I was sexually assaulted or I was drugged. Any combination of the three. How did we go from that awful, awful headline that dozens of women were drugged and taken advantage of in res for orientation week? How did we go from that to zero women will come forward? How? I'm, where did this start? Like, do we Social have media. One person tweeting about it or, or what? Yeah, there was people saying, I saw women being dragged into their dorms because they were on they had been drugged and and then they got sexually assaulted. So did they? it was a bunch of hearsay? You know, that's the thing. Did you see it? And I know the police are all over this and they're not telling us things that they already know now. Eventually, it'll all come to light. Eventually, we'll find out. Something tells me they're investigating these false claims, figuring out where exactly they came from, because they were a bunch of bullshit, perhaps. Right. Seems like it. Yeah. So who, whoever that is that started that shit, you owe you owe everybody an apology. Everybody an apology because it wasn't just you know women on campus who were then nervous. It was you know it, everybody. Everybody was nervous about it. People here. I mean, it impacted us close by. In, uh, colleges everywhere, universities everywhere in Ontario heard this story, and it freaked people out. So if you made that false claim, you need to be properly punished for that for sure. There was uh, people that were like wanting to pull their kids out of Western because this happened. It seemed like the whole school was completely out of control and it's just a nonstop rape fest yeah, is strange. the way it was portrayed. Yeah. How did we go from dozens of women experience this to zero? Yeah, something's up and something. Se- I mean, we, we both knew something seemed up in the beginning when we first talked about it. When, when nobody came forward, I thought, well, maybe... You know, they're afraid for a certain reason. Or maybe there was a consensual activity and someone got that mistaken for not consensual uh, a party, you know, that was that was. But it all just seemed like nothing was adding up. Nothing was adding up. So I, I'm curious to see what happens. Like I said, I believe the police know more than they're saying right now. And it, they will let us know what they found because they're investigating everything, everything, everything about yeah. this. So someone's going to get in trouble for this, I think. I have to think that if they individually reached out to 600 people at the school. If this had happened, 
One out of 600 would have talked. Yeah. Two out of 600. Ten out of 600. Zero people will say that this happened? That's strange. And good on the cops. They say they will keep the investigation open, but it doesn't appear to be something that's going anywhere at this mm. point. They did say that sometimes it takes people that have been victimized by sexual assault. It takes them a while to, to build it up in them to come forward. Right. Yeah, and it's that's, not the end. Yeah. Nope. No, it's definitely not the end. But so far, after 600 people were personally and confidentially contacted for nobody to say anything, it seems a little fishy. Uh, last but certainly not least, let's go overseas for a second here. When we talk about the uh, the vaccines and the boosters and the vax passes, a lot of people will point to Israel. Israel has been very far ahead of most of the world in vaccinating their population, in issuing the vax passports, restrictions. They've been pretty on it. Well, this change is going to make a lot of people raise an eyebrow. Israel has now restricted its COVID green pass, that's their vax passport, to allow only those who have received the booster dose or recently recuperated from COVID-19 to go into indoor events. <laughs> Under the new guidelines, people eligible for a green pass, their vax pass, must have received the booster shot. So that's not two doses, Third that's dose. three. So they say if you did get two doses or if you've recently recovered from COVID-19, you only have six months to get your booster or you will not be considered fully vaccinated. Hmm. And part of the reason that I flagged that story this morning and that I want to mention it here in After 9 is, let's be fair, one of the criticisms of the Vax Passport is it's never going to be enough. It's not like you got your first shot, you waited four weeks, got your second shot, you're done, we're good. There's a lot of people who feared that when it comes to the Vax passes, they're going to keep raising the bar. Well, now you got to have had a booster. Oh, now you need your mid-year booster. Uh, now you've got to have also had a, a flu shot and something else. They could keep raising the bar. A lot of people thought, oh, fuck off. That's just scaring. Well, I mean, Israel has made this change. And it's not to say we would do that here in North America. But for now, you need to have three shots to be considered okay. Fully vaccinated over there. It could happen here. It could happen here eventually. If, if I mean, the booster dose becomes such a, a difference maker in in the variants, then it could happen here. Yeah, it could. Yeah. I, uh, Easily. I'm not saying this year. I'm not saying this year, but it could happen. And on that, we'll say thanks, everybody. We tried to cover a whole lot of ground here. Tomorrow, we've got some great stories uh, from the, the dumb criminals. We'll take you down to Florida a few times in tomorrow's <laughs> episode of After Nine. Love it. <laughs> and uh, a little more on Halloween and Thanksgiving, because, hey, a week from today is Thanksgiving. That really crept up on us. I mean, that was fucking no quick, shit. right? Wasn't yeah. it August, like, a th three days ago? Yeah, I know. Jeez. Oh, we'll leave you today with something that I loved on the weekend. Weekend update. SNL did a nice little tribute to the late, great Norm MacDonald. We will leave you with that, and you guys have a great day. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. It is a bittersweet night for us tonight. Yeah, on September 14th, our friend Norm McDonald passed away. Norm is the reason that I ever wanted to do Weekend Update, and so tonight we thought we'd turn the last few jokes of Update over to Norm. Thanks, I'm Norm McDonald, and this is the fake news.
At the White House this week, President Clinton officially came out against same-sex marriages. What's more, the president said he is not too crazy about opposite-sex marriages either. <laughs> A French man who calls himself the Snake Man was arrested this week after climbing up the side of a Manhattan high-rise. Yep, he climbed right up the side of a high-rise. Just like a snake. <laughs> In a brilliant move during closing arguments, Simpson attorney Johnny Cochran put on the knit cap prosecutors say O.J. wore the night he committed the murders. Although O.J. may have heard his case when he suddenly blurted out, Hey, hey, easy with that. That's my lucky stabbing hat. <laughs> Good night and good luck. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. During the opening day of Eminem's new Detroit restaurant, the rapper surprised guests by serving them pasta himself. Not to be outdone, Macklemore got fired from the Olive Garden. <laughs> This year marks the 50th anniversary of Disney World. To celebrate turning 50, Disney has opened a new ride, Mr. Goofy's Wild Colonoscopy. Someone just paid $3,000 at an auction for underwear that was worn by Michael Jordan. You can hear more about Jordan's underwear in the new ESPN documentary, The Last Pants. The NBA announced that unvaccinated players will not be paid for any games missed due to local vaccine mandates. But that won't matter. NBA players have a long, proud history of losing money because they refuse to use protection. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.